keeping it hot. This is Good Morning Liberty. I've only got one good ear, Nate. <laughs> wow. Man, that intro came in so hot in our headphones. Somebody, I don't know if you could hear us screaming, but... Somebody flipped the dial. <laughs> I might edit out the screaming at the beginning of the podcast. I well, hello, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever time it's, you're listening to it's this. It's not morning time. It doesn't... It could be. Could be somewhere. Maybe they, maybe they save the podcast for the for the morning drive. Or maybe they're know. listening in China. Yeah. I don't, uh, well, I don't, is that legal? Probably not. I don't know if they can. They probably can't listen to things about liberty in China, but still in America you can, at least for the time being. We don't know when that'll change. But (laughs) anyway, welcome to Good Morning Liberty Podcast. Uh, Name's Chuck. Hey, what's up, Chuck? My name is Nate. Chuck, Charlie. People call me whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. The the thing is, most people are nice to me. Does anyone call you Charles at all? Yeah, a few people. Like Especially in the pro world. The, real professional. The profesh when, world. When you're doing business with people. Yeah. That's when I'm going out, you know, you making were, deals. You were gone all week this week. Well, somebody's got to pay you. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I I listened to uh, listened to the shows, though. You did a good, a really good job. Yeah. 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 I, I did. You're right. You're almost, <laughs> you're almost as good as me. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, Actually, I've never. I don't think I've done a show by myself, though. You haven't. We have not heard you yeah. do one by yourself. Next it's harder time, than you think. Next time you're gone, I'll come up here, and I'll do my own show. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll call it the, it. Chuck, the Chuck Thompson. Hour. We'll have people vote on which one's better. Yes, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll uh, we have a few announcements uh, to get before we get started, which is mother frickin' subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> Can I say that? Sure. I can say that. That's sure. not a cuss word. No. Because we don't do any explicit material on here. Yeah. Only behind closed doors where our moms can't hear us. This is family-friendly content. <laughs> but you better subscribe. Now, why do we say subscribe to the podcast? This is important. Well, because we want people to subscribe to the podcast. That's why we say it. Because we want our episodes to automatically go to your phone when we right. release a new one. How in the world can you like navigate this crazy landscape that we have? Without getting the inside information of liberty and how to focus your life in the liberty way. And that's what we're about here. Good morning, liberty. Start your day right and subscribe. (laughs) That's a good tagline, man. That sounds good. It is. Do you want to do some news? Let's run through the headlines. I like this. This is my favorite thing we started. Yeah, I like this. Uh, I printed them out today, by the way, too. We've got a stack of paper here that we're going to go through. You know, more trees are being planted than ever. And here at Good Morning Liberty, pfft. Yeah, we're going to use them. That means we can print them. Yeah, we're going to use them yeah. for sure. We got a brand new printer here at the office, so let's go. Yeah. Let's do okay. <laughs> so this I saw on Daily Wire. Daily Wire, if you don't know, that is the uh, the news service that uh, Ben Shapiro started. So that oh, okay. he's got to have like 400 people writing for him at all all times because they are posting a new article like every 20 minutes. So Daily Wire, there's also the Daily Caller. That's something Yeah, different. that's another one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... The Daily Caller seems a little bit more Republican heavy. Now, Ben Shapiro is definitely Republican heavy, but yeah. there's a little bit more to me. Now, that's no offense to people who like the Daily Caller. Um, the Daily Wire is a little bit more liberty, balanced perspective, and Daily Caller seems to be very, very Republican. Trump. Yes, just like okay. anything that they do is good no matter what yeah. kind of thing. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Let me know if we're wrong about that. Yeah. That's just, that was my view of, well, think, of what they do. And Ben Shapiro is pretty liberty-minded. We disagree with him on a few key issues. But for the most part, the guy's pretty pretty liberty liberty. Yeah, and we, you know what I like is he, even if he isn't a perfect libertarian or anything, I like the fact that he calls himself a libertarian all the time just purely for the fact that he's got like millions of people that follow him and, yeah. he, and he gets the word libertarian out there so people can actually look at it. And one day he's hoping to have as successful of a show as this one. Yeah, he's never going to do it, though. No. No, he can't outpace us. Because there's two of us. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way. We can do double the work that he can. All right, so what's, okay. coming, out of the, so what's from coming out of the Daily Wire? Daily Wire, schools are canceling Halloween celebrations Wait, over I ha- inclusivity. I have to interrupt you because yeah. this is too funny not to go. Yeah. Before you start this, though, how often do you think Ben Shapiro reads Good Morning Liberty U.S. articles <laughs> on his show? I don't know. At least once an episode, I Probably. Bet. Yeah. Probably. That's where all the best news is. All right. Go ahead. Schools are canceling Halloween celebrations over inclusivity. 
That is, that mm. is. So, you know, Halloween's coming up. Charlie, what are you going to be this year? Blackface, probably. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's, no, that's, no uh, I, w- I wouldn't do that. But uh, you know, just but, because you just said that, you're never going to be able to run for any kind of political office. Probably now. not. Yeah, probably not. Even though you can't tell jokes anymore. Yeah, I we guess. just joked about blackface, and <laughs> your future political career is over now. Good. They're going to dig this up ten years from now and be like, "Oh my God, Charlie, on this podcast, he said the words blackface, and then laughed at." And you know what? I'll never apologize for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Can I? So can I tell you a story about blackface real quick? Yes, do it. Listen, my band was doing a music video, okay, and we were wearing these ski masks, and we were part of the video was that we were like uh, basically kidnapping someone, and we were wearing these ski masks, and we were trying to up our production value, and we didn't want the people watching the music video to realize that it was the band members wearing the ski mask because we couldn't afford to pay any other actors. Yeah. So, so what we did was what had happened was we, we took, took the airbrush makeup, uh, black airbrush makeup, and we sprayed the areas that would have been visible by the ski mask. And then we were like, well, that looks ridiculous. So we just went ahead and had the makeup person go ahead and spray our entire faces with the airbrush stuff. So, um, what, what? What's up? I just got a really creepy notification. What's up? What did it say? From Google Drive, it said, shortcut, open podcast notes. Oh, weird. Huh. Wow. They're listening. Which, that they have to be listening because, okay, we usually do this at the podcast around this time. Yeah. But I haven't got this notification all week. That's weird. Since I've been gone, and now that we're it up here, it knows actually, you're doing the podcast. It knows it's a Siri suggestion. Siri knows I'm doing. She's this listening to you do the podcast. Wow, which we're going to get to here in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's that crazy. Was really freaky that it just did that. <laughs> that's never happened before. So basically, my band, we had our faces sprayed with this black makeup to cover the area around our eyes and our mouths, and then we just purely thought, "Hey, this looks ridiculous. Why don't you just go ahead and spray our whole faces?" And then after we took the masks off, after doing the video, we walked around a town that, I mean, I kid you not, about 90% African-American in this town. And we thought we, so the idea that this was somehow really, I don't know, racist or insensitive or saying, doing anything negative uh, towards black people at all, that it literally didn't even come into our minds while we were while we were doing it. We were just like, well, we sprayed our faces with this makeup because we had masks on and we didn't want it to look like our eyes. And then come to find out, I look back on it now, we were walking around this small town of 90% African-American in blackface, just, walk, just walking around. And nobody around. probably said anything to you because no. it wasn't a big deal. No, no one said anything I'm, at all. When it comes to political correctness, I'm of the Dave Chappelle uh, elk. Screw it. Let's say like, screw it. Like I, I, anybody that knows me, I'm not a racist. Um, anybody that loves me, anybody that like knows who I am, I'm not a racist. I can make whatever joke I want to. Yeah. And I love all kinds of people and it's not me being insensitive or whatever. It's just, you literally asked me a question. I I gave you the funniest answer I could possibly think of. Listen, Charlie, when media matters breaks the story 10 years from now, (laughs) they're going to cut that part. They're not going to listen to that part. So you can go ahead and save it. Okay. Let's go ahead and get through this story. Somehow it'll be deleted. (laughs) Me saying that. (laughs) Okay. So Halloween. So Charlie's going as blackface. I'm going to go as a very, uh, gentle, person who loves people of all ethnicities you should have a so, show that says insensitive person with an arrow that yeah. points to me <laughs> oh my gosh i'm with so, stupid the war on halloween continue i'm going to read from the article here i don't know if this is ben shapiro writing or one of his eight thousand people he has there the war on halloween continues in 2019 as schools across the country announced they will not be celebrating the beloved holiday over issues of inclusivity According to Yahoo Lifestyle, the Evanston-Skokie School District 65 in Chicago, suburb of Evanston, Illinois, announced last month that Halloween celebrations alienate certain members of the staff and student body who do not participate for religious or personal reasons, as well as those who cannot afford costumes. This is a quote from, the, I believe, the superintendent. Yeah, As part of our school and district-wide commitment to equity, we are focused on building community and creating inclusive, welcoming environments for all. While we recognize that Halloween is a fun tradition for many, 
It is not a holiday that is celebrated by everyone for various reasons, and we want to honor that. Well, so what else could we get rid of that people don't <laughs> celebrate or, or, you know, so Christmas? Well, yeah. So if the principle is it is not a holiday that is celebrated by everyone, that was her reasoning. Yeah. So what holiday are they going to allow there? Because there will be someone for every single holiday that does not celebrate that holiday. Right. So I, I just don't know where you draw the line here. Like we didn't, I mean, as a kid, my mom knows this. She listens to the show. We were pretty sheltered. We didn't celebrate Halloween growing up. Yeah. Because apparently like our church didn't like it. Maybe. I just didn't, you know, I don't think the people at school or any of the kids dressing up are doing anything that revolves around satanic worship whatsoever. No. You know, I think they think it's fun to dress up as their favorite superhero or ethnicity for the night, you know? And can't afford a costume like Jesus. I remember, you know, recently, by the way, yeah, just taking normal things that I had. Oh yeah. And making it a costume because I, I'm not one that actually goes costume shopping. Yeah. My grandma, um, she sewed me a nice little Aladdin costume and all it, you know, all that cost me was a, there was a little bit of material and then the, the brown face paint. And then I didn't really have to do anything else after that. Right. Like it was a very cheap costume. Right. <laughs> so no, but I just, I was just taking my nephew through Walmart the other day and their, their costumes at Walmart are like $8 for like a legit looking costume. That might be expensive to somebody though. Yeah. I bet you they still have Netflix. I think like the last four years I went as Tony Romo. <laughs> Yeah, because did. I have a Romo jersey and a Cowboys. Oh hat. my gosh, that one year where you wore your Romo jersey and had a, your arm in a sling. <laughs> when Romo got hurt, <laughs> yes, one year I went and got a sling from Walgreens. I think that cost me like twelve bucks. Oh man, but th- this and my kinda... arm hurt that night. <laughs> <laughs> I went as Bob Ross that year. You did. That was really good, actually. Um, yeah. So this kind of this kind of stuff is nuts because I, I don't know why they decide that they're going to not you know, observe one specific holiday because someone may or may not be offended. I just want to know where that line is drawn. Like, are they going to put up any Christmas decorations at the school? Yeah. Um, is there going to be, I mean, uh, I, there could be something for every single holiday. Are they going to do any well, Thanksgiving day, you know, any kind of turkeys around or any of that? Stuff? I say, let's I go, know. let's go further than holidays. Even like, what if some, one of the kids doesn't like math? Yeah. They, they well, don't. we stop doing math then. Yeah. I don't, I don't, that kid doesn't feel included. I don't celebrate taxes. This you whole, know? The, the, this whole equity and in, inclusivity argument is just wrong on, on the fundamental level anyway. Because here's the thing, in case you guys haven't looked around lately, we're all really different. Yeah. <laughs> there, aren't, there aren't many of us that are very alike at all, you know? We go over this all the time. There's taller, shorter, fatter, skinnier. Some people are more beautiful than others. Some people are ugly. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is. Some yeah. people pick out bad clothes, and some people pick out cool clothes, and some people can run fast and some people are slow and some people can shoot a basketball and some people can't. Some people are good at math. Some people aren't. It's there. There's so much difference in this world. The idea of equity and inclusivity is just fundamentally backwards. Yeah. I cannot tell you how much inequity there was when they would have us play basketball in school. Like I am worse than anyone you've ever seen. They should have got rid of basketball. Then They should have. It was not inclusive to everyone. Because obviously you're not going to be successful anymore. No. Yeah. No, I don't know why they have banned because a lot of people can't play instruments. I don't even know why you're doing anything with your life. I know. Why do it? And so this, this is the problem. You just keep going. If you keep going, it ends up that no one can do, it ends up with no one can do anything ever. Because if your only option is to only be allowed to do things that every single person agrees on, and is included in you'll you won't be able to do anything ever except die not one single thing that's the only all, thing we all have in common yeah, yeah. we all die that's we all it. perish other one than... way or the other <laughs> okay do you want to do this one or do you want me to do it speaking of death yeah we have climate change <laughs> <laughs> our impending doom so this is coming from mises the bogus consensus in quotes argument on climate change Back in 2014, David Friedman worked through the original paper that kicked off the 97% consensus talking point. What the original authors, Cook et al., which is Latin for everyone, (laughs) 
actually found in their 2013 paper was that 97.1% of the relative articles agreed that humans contribute to global warming. But notice that is not at all the same thing as saying that humans are the main contributors contributor are the main contributors to observed global warming since the industrial revolution. This is a huge distinction. For example, I co-authored a Cato study with climate scientists Pat Michaels and Chip Nappen, Nappenberger. Is that right? Uh, sure, sure. In which we strongly opposed a U.S. carbon tax, yet both Michaels and Nappenberger would be climate scientists who were part of the 97% consensus, according to Cook et al. That is, Michaels and Nappenberger both agree that other things equal human activity that emits carbon dioxide will make the world warmer than it otherwise would be. That observation by itself does not mean there is a crisis, nor does it justify a large carbon tax. Yeah, so so what this is basically saying is that when, and it made me think of a conversation you've had with Trey before, where uh, we talk about climate change and people just say, well, I mean, 97% of, you know, 97% of scientists agree that humans cause global warming and that we have that the climate's changing and that humans are the cause and, and all that. So what, what he I, don't, has, I don't draw my own understanding. I listen to the scientists. Yeah. And so what the distinction that this is Bob Murphy writing this, this, the distinction that he's trying to make here is that in the paper, the original paper that found that 97% of the scientists agreed on global warming what they agreed were that humans were one of the contributing factors that would that could make the world warmer than it otherwise would be but those papers were not citing that humans were the the main factor for global warming it was just that yes they are a contributing factor so you're saying like almost every other problem in the world that this problem is multivariate? Yeah, it's almost like there's not one <laughs> single answer for everything. Right. And yeah. not only that, but I think we talked about this before, where a carbon tax isn't necessarily the answer. No, no, no. It, just similar to a, uh, I don't think that a horse tax would have been the answer to get us to switch over the cars. I don't, I, you know, if you started taxing horses in 1875, I don't think that means that the automobile would have popped up automatically after that. That would have just been detrimental for the entire economy. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not just let's tax what is the most equitable answer right now and make everything so expensive. And once we make everything so expensive, then eventually solar energy won't seem as bad anymore because we've made carbon-based energy so expensive. And that just is, that's not the answer. It's terrible for the economy. It's not even, it's not even greatly better for the environment. I mean, what the heck are they going to do to make all the solar panels? How are they going to do that? And then how much more expensive are the solar panels going to be if they have to get made from things that have to use carbon to make them? So it's... (laughs) It's, it's insane. It's just, it's it's not, the carbon tax is not an answer. Um, reducing regulations on all of these companies is the answer. Uh, in allowing people to innovate and create things is the actual answer to this. Because you will have, the more Elon Musk's and the more Jeff Bezos, all of those people, the more Bill Gates that you have, then the more answers you will have for this problem. And everything the government does reduces the amount of those kinds of people that we're going to have. So we don't need to do anything because we get like one of those kinds of people like every 20 years. And that, and that's it. Like me and you. Yeah, that's, I know. And then who's going to be after us? It's going to be another 20 years now. Right. So you get one of those kinds of people every 15, 20 years. And I, I do believe that if we would actually unleash the free market, as much as possible that you would get a lot more of those kinds of people and they would be just like Musk and Bezos and these people who are uh, innovating and creating things that are better for the environment. Uh, we need more of those people, not less of them. And not only this, but there's another story that's not in, not in your stack here that I want to highlight that when you allow things like a carbon tax to take place, what you do is you give the government more power. Yeah. And there's a great example going on right now in Illinois where the government has taken control of a power and are now abusing it. So everybody registers their car, right? And they do that for whenever it was sold back in whenever car registration started happening as a safety measure, right? We have to register cars with know where they're at, with to know who's driving them, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Well, now 
Illinois just recently passed a new sales tax on car purchases um, based on your registration. They've done it in a way to where you can't even trade in your car in another state to avoid the sales tax. So typically how it works, when you trade in a car and say it has a, a, some form, uh, some form of value, like usually a dealership will give you, you know, two thousand dollars or five thousand or ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars, whatever your car's, car's value is, they'll give you that. And when you purchase a new vehicle, you'll pay sales tax on the difference, right? Because you already paid sales tax on the on the car you're trading in. Yeah. And so, so if you bought a Twenty-five thousand dollar car, and your trade-in was worth twenty thousand. And this is this happens for people who trade cars every year, right? Yeah. Then you would pay sales tax on that five thousand dollars. Well, now Illinois has changed that to where you pay sales tax uh, no matter what, and you can't um, have a difference unless it uh, is below ten thousand dollars. So in that scenario, if your car is worth twenty thousand dollars. And you trade it in to buy a car that's that's worth twenty five thousand dollars. Instead of paying sales tax on five thousand, the difference, you only can get a sales tax reduction on ten thousand dollars of your twenty thousand dollar car that you're trading in. So you would have to pay sales tax on fifteen thousand dollars on a car that you already paid sales tax on when you bought it. Exactly. Yeah. Double the, double sales tax. And how now you might ask yourself, well, how does the government have the power to do this? Well, they have the power to do this because they made registering your car a power to do this. And so when you live in Illinois, you had to register your car in Illinois. So even if you trade in your car in California, when you go to register that car, they get all the information and you have to pay the sales tax at time of registration. How absolutely insane is that? Yeah, they, they've they really done a good job coming up with every way possible to uh, penalize you for being an Illinois resident. They've done everything that they can to make it as terrible as possible to be someone who lives in Illinois. And and us being from Illinois, we uh we definitely have seen this happen. All the towns where we're from, they're just they're just disappearing. They're just gone. Why would you ever put a business in the southern part of Illinois when you can just go half an hour in either direction and get to, you know, Missouri or Kentucky or Indiana if you go an hour or something like that? I mean, why would you go to Illinois? There's no reason to. Right. So it's a, it's been a really good free market example for us, I think, coming from Illinois. Yeah. So think about that when you advocate for a carbon tax. This is what you're, you're advocating for government power. That's yeah. what you're advocating for. And don't maybe the people who are instituting are trying to do something good. You don't know who's coming down down the line. Yeah. You never it could know. Could be a governor prickster. Yep. Is that his name? Uh, Prit- Pritzker. Pritzker. I Pritzker. said prick. Yeah. Prickster. Soon to be <laughs> Illinois' third governor in prison, probably. Probably. Yeah. So that's what can happen. I'm just telling you, you give the government the power, they'll take full advantage of it. You give a mouse a cookie, and he'll steal your whole freaking house. Yeah. <laughs> that's the saying. I was saying, I was uh, telling my mom, because she still is in Illinois, I was like, man, you give the government a dollar. They'll take it. They'll take four trillion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how it goes. That's a slippery slope. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So this this was actually a pretty cool story from yesterday. I saw, and it, uh, we'll see how it plays out. But from Fox Business, China gives on key U.S. trade war demand. Okay, so China has passed a new law that says it will protect the intellectual property rights of foreign businesses operating in their country. Beijing will not discriminate between domestic and foreign enterprises when enforcing its IP laws, says someone with a Chinese name. Xi. Yep, that sounds good. Yep. Theft of intellectual property from U.S. companies is a driving concern in President Trump's trade war with the world's second largest economy, with American negotiators seeking to halt forced sharing of trade secrets as a condition of doing business in the country. The U.S. has imposed tariffs of billions of dollars in Chinese imports, driving up costs for businesses, and the two countries recently established a framework for a phase one deal. So, you know, I'm, I am not a fan of any of the tariffs. I do not like the trade war. I don't like any of that. I think that we need the freest trade possible. Although we did talk in one episode in the past where there is, a, there is an issue with China and their IP laws and their willingness to just steal American companies' intellectual property. So I have been a little perplexed on what to do about that because if the government does have 
any job at all. It would be to protect property. And China has just been blatantly ripping people off for a while. You know, if you invest billions of dollars and create something and you have some kind of a patent on it or a trademark on it, they will just straight up rip it off. You can always get Chinese knockoffs of goods. But how does that work with companies like Apple, right? I mean, I'm not sure. They've got like Chinese knockoff Apple devices. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they've got like Chinese knockoff Apple stores in China, like big glass stores where they where they just... Uh, I don't want to beat you when you go in. I think I don't know what they do. I'm not sure. It's like genius, like the genius bar. Yeah, I think store. that's everyone that walks in. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, th- this I thought was pretty cool. Um, if this does get signed, they've drafted the law and they say it's going to sign it, but um, they say it's going to be signed. Uh, this could be a pretty big win for the whole idea of Trump's trade war with China because this has been one of the main things that he's been going after is how they treat our IP. So I'm interested in seeing this getting signed and seeing if they actually follow through with it. Uh, like I said, I am very much free trade at all times. I do not like any tariffs. But it is interesting to see if this does have some good outcomes. And this is a... This is just, to me, a, a good case study on if the ends justify the means eventually. I, and I think we should be open to just looking and seeing what comes from this. You know, I, I want free trade at all times. I want zero tariffs. But if he did, in fact, use this as leverage to get them to write these laws recognizing American intellectual property rights for the, for the businesses, I mean, that could be a pretty big win, you know? So I, I just thought that was interesting to note. I don't know how to feel about that right now. I know, I know. Because I'm against tariffs in every aspect. Yeah, yeah. You know? We talked about this but on there a- is, I mean, what what do you do? Sue a company in, in, in like international court or something? I mean, how do you... Yeah, they just, they won't recognize it. They don't have a, a legal system that in any way, shape, or form is illegal for them to take your intellectual property if you're a foreign business. So there's no... There's no legal redress against them for doing That's why they've been doing this for so long. It's one of the biggest things that Trump's been railing on for a long time. So it's, uh, we did, I think we now, were both. I mean, there's li- many libertarians who don't believe in intellectual property. That's true. They don't believe in trademarks or patents. That is true. And, like I, that. and I am, I'm very much um, not in that camp as far as that goes. I, I think you have to collect, uh, you have to protect intellectual property uh, because it's, it's one of the things that ensures that people will invest and innovate and create new things. If if they think that if you're going to spend all this time inventing something, um, and then as soon as you bring it to market, everyone else who didn't put all that money in can just go ahead and create it. You know, I I don't think that that's okay. I think that's very stifling to people innovating. So I think they can create a version of. <laughs> stuff of it they just can't call it the same thing I, yeah i think is where i land I mean, like we've always had that i mean you've got you've got coca-cola and then you can go buy your off-brand cola if you want to or you pepsi know? yeah you can there's always been <clears throat> things like that not you know generic brands of things yeah. but you're saying they have like they call them iphones <clears throat> in china um i'll have to look this up but i have seen stories about the knockoff full-on apple store knockoffs there wow yeah. So I I will have to do some more digging on that. Maybe that was just some fake news. I don't know what news site it was. I read that on. But Tim Cook's not happy about it. I mean, mean, Apple has their factories over there in China. Yeah. That's that's... where they make the chips and and all that. Not potato chips, guys. (laughs) Like the A7, A9, A10, whatever they're up to now. Like microchips? Yeah. Yeah. Microchips. Yeah. That's what they make over there. Are they going to just keep going up on the numbers with the A, or are they going to switch to a B chip eventually? Like Maybe. B1. Maybe. I want, you know? the, I want the Z. I think they should, yeah, re- reset the letter eventually. I'm sick of all this A. Were we on A27 right now? No, let's just be on freaking B2. Come I on. I wonder if they if they named their company <clears throat> Apple because, you know, back in the day, people chose like numbers and let, like A to be like first in the phone book. Yeah. I wonder if that's why they went with Apple, because Apple doesn't sound like anything to do with computers. That would be really smart. I've always said, uh, if I get back into the music business, I'm going to start my band. I'm going to name my band Aardvark, and then we're going to have every single song is going to start with an A also. Yeah. Because you'll, you know, if a you have a band, my <clears throat> girlfriend. You, if you have a band that starts with the letter Z, you're, 
I mean, the likelihood that your fans are going to think to go all the way down to that, you know, before they see someone else they want to listen to, I just don't think it's very high. Now, we obviously know someone who is who has made it really well with the name Z starting. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's just some. But maybe if you're up and coming, <clears throat> yeah, this might be a possibility. Yeah, I um, you know, like that band, the 1975. I listen to a lot. I forget about them a lot because because they have a number. They're at the very bottom of my artist list. Yeah, and so I end up listening to like Amberlynn first. A perfect circle. Know? Yeah, something like. Yeah. Well, I think that might be in the P's. I'm not sure. We'll have to uh, look. Okay. I don't know. Uh, that's some. That's for an English teacher to yeah. answer. I don't really know. So this next one, here's another bit of ridiculousness right here. Oxford University Student Council bans clapping over fears it may trigger anxiety. Jesus. Yeah. I guess this should have been right up next to that Halloween article, huh? Yeah. But yeah, so here we go. Oxford University's Student Union has instituted an unofficial ban on clapping. Now, what's the point in having an unofficial ban? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Look, it's banned, but it's unofficial. So if you do it, eh, no big deal. Can we unofficially ban taxes? Can we announce that we've unofficially (laughs) banned taxes? See if we can get some press off of that. Let's unofficially ban the speed limit. Okay, Oxford University Student Union has instituted a completely pointless ban on clapping during student functions over fears the loud noise may trigger anxiety and the rapid hand movements and noise could alienate students who are unable or unwilling to clap. Loud noises. It could, it could, they're worried it could alienate students who are unwilling to clap. It's <laughs> <laughs> like if you go somewhere and someone... You, like you just didn't agree with what they said or like you didn't think it was funny or like a good point like, and you're unwilling to clap. Like, do you just feel like anxious because everyone around you thought it was good and you didn't? Yeah, I mean, you're not part of the group <clears throat> anymore. Man. So I'm saying you just eventually we're going to have to ban everything. I like not clapping <clears throat> when other people clap. The Daily Mail reports, this is another daily right here. The Daily Mail reports that students and faculty are instead being encouraged to use jazz hands. All right. And other silent means of assent and to explore using alternatives to clapping for meetings and gatherings. <laughs> what about snapping? Well, OK. Well, I'm glad you asked wait, about hey, that. Wait, hang on, because this I feel like this is contradicting itself because it said rapid hand movements. Yeah. In well, the first paragraph could alienate not just the noise. It's the rapid hand movement. So what? <laughs> What do you jazz hands? Oh, don't worry. They've got some critique for jazz hands. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Oxford is the second such university in the UK to adapt to adopt the ban on applause. The other, Manchester, passed a similar rule last year. The Oxford Student Union makes clear in their statement that they were inspired by Manchester's courageous students. So much that, courage. They're so courageous <laughs> that we need to ban people clapping because it makes them too anxious. Yeah, that's okay. such courage. Yeah, man, these courageous. We should make a movie about these kids this reminds me of remember that clip <clears throat> i know of the this point remi- of privilege yes point of privilege it reminds me of the clip that the socialist <laughs> democratic party held where yep. uh you know everybody was sensitive they had safe rooms set up by the I way know. in case you had sensory overload actually we should uh, we should play that real quick right, right uh quick point of privilege quick point um, of personal privilege yes. um guys uh first of all james jackson sacramento he him i just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. There's a lot of whispering and chatter going on. It's making it very difficult for me to focus. Please, can we just, I know it's, we're all fresh and ready to go, but can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you. Thank you, comrade. Okay, is there a speaker against name, Point chapter, pronoun? Privilege. Point of personal privilege. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. Okay. Quick point of privilege once again. Quick point of privilege once again. Hi, James Jackson, Sacramento DSA, he, him. I have already asked people to be mindful of the chatter of their comrades who are sensitive to sensory overload. And that goes double for the heckling and the hissing. It is also triggering to my anxiety. Like, the be comradely doesn't ju- isn't just for like, you know, let's keep things civil or whatever. It's so that people aren't gonna get triggered and so that it doesn't affect their performance as a delegate, okay? Your need to express yourself is important, but your need to express yourself should not trump or over, 
Like, I see that no one's clapping for me. It could be because I'm not engaging, but it also is because everyone's doing this. And that's really important because those loud bursts of noise, even though this is a noisy space, when we can do something like reducing that, that's really important. So please don't clap, shoot up these. We have a lot of disabled comrades and uh, a lot of those are invisible disabilities. You don't know who it is uh, that is having a more difficult time navigating this space. And this space was not created with all of their needs in mind. So it's up to us to modify that space to make sure that uh, everybody is able to move in the ways that they need to move. Um, and, and additionally, with the, um, the noise issue, like avoid hissing, avoid waving <laughs> banners, God, right? It's so uh, this ridiculous. Is, this, is not, this is what we're heading towards, people. Okay, this, yep. is, this is what the end of the world looks like. Okay, okay so they <laughs> Somebody said, shoot me. <laughs> unfortunately for both Oxford and Manchester, their proposed jazz hands alternative to clapping may not be the clean social justice option they believe it to be. <laughs> None other than UK television pre presented... Piers, why does it say presented? Presenter. Piers, oh, it should say presenter. It says presented. Uh, presenter Piers Morgan weighed in on Twitter, pointing out, this is Piers Morgan, he pointed out, that jazz hands appears to be racially charged term and that a solely visual means of declaring assent excludes the blind and disabled. <laughs> now, and also that the Oxford Student Union is a bunch of imbeciles. <laughs> so at least someone with a little bit of rationality chimed in. But yeah, so that's and Piers the Morgan. I mean, somebody that's not, you know, on the right. It's, he's like, all right, we're <clears> taking this way too far. So that's the problem. They come in with this fix for this problem that probably 1% of the, not even 1%, a very small portion of the students were made to be very anxious from people clapping. Probably like two two people, probably, and they they raised the fuss about it, and now they're saying, "Well, we just we'll do jazz hands." And Piers Morgan, obviously, this was my first response too. Uh, what about your blind students? Yeah, what are they? How are they supposed to know? What if what if they just look like an idiot because they're waving their jazz hands around and they don't realize that no one else thought something was cool? And so if you're blind, you're just waving around your jazz hands during a conversation. It's like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> just 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 waving it around South all the time. South Park should definitely do an episode on this. <laughs> Not only that, but let me tell you something. Oxford University, probably the most prestigious yeah. university. Mm. Yep. In all of the United Kingdom, it's like going to Harvard in the United States. So these are people, these are kids that are in the top 10 of 1%. These are the best of the best. Yes. This is, these are the best kids that, that the whole country has to offer. It's like, it's, it's like they, um, Jordan Peterson talks about, they, they want their cake and, and eat it too. Like yeah. They're going to be the most <clears throat> successful people probably, at least historically, um, you know, they're probably going to be millionaires or, or is it what do you say? Uh, like 40% of Harvard, Harvard students end up being millionaires by the, by the time they're 40. Yeah. But yeah. they're, they're all parading around like they're a bunch of oppressed individuals right. in some kind of way. And here we are talking about oppression and, you know, <laughs> causing students anxiety and all this crap. It's like you were literally the upper echelon of of class if there was a class well they're the luckiest people to ever exist in all of humanity right literally and they hate it oh my god that just reminds me that louis ck thinks talking about how we were just the worst generation you know yeah. just the worst i just can't even wrap my jazz hands around this <laughs> <laughs> hey uh, i'm a dad i gotta go with dad jokes you know what if everyone laughs like isn't that the i mean that's that could be loud that could make me feel anxious you know, because I didn't laugh at the same time. Yeah, like if you're at a comedy show. Yeah, I mean, man, it's just never—it's never ending. That's the problem. It's can you imagine never ending? Can you imagine how much more boring sitcoms would be if they just had a, if they just had jazz hands audience <laughs> all the time? Yeah, DB. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I read this meme the other day that's like. Somebody wishes they could be rich enough to buy friends, yeah, so that they could take out all the laughing and clapping in the sitcom. So it would every, be terrible, so everyone would realize how dumb that show <laughs> it would actually be so is. So terrible, yeah. <laughs> it's like I want to buy it just so people realize how not funny that show is. Oh, okay, all right. So um, this is uh, this next one is coming from the Washington Times, and it's relative considering if you listen to podcasts at all. Most of you might listen to the most popular podcast, which is the Joe Rogan Experience, who just had 
yesterday, Edward Snowden on. Yeah. And Edward Snowden is a whistleblower that came out in 2013. He's wanted by the government. They don't think he's a whistleblower. He's charged yeah. under the Espionage Act uh, for giving state secrets away to journalists. But anyway, he had uh, Edward Snowden on there to tell you know tell a story, basically. I read his book recently, Permanent Record. We've talked about that. Um, so anyway, apparently Donald Trump did something to protect whistleblowers. And so this article... Uh, whistleblowers face retaliation harassment in Virginia's whistleblower protection office watchdog finds so again from Washington Times as an an office in the Department of Veterans Affairs created under President Trump to protect whistleblowers instead of to protect whistleblowers instead mishandled numerous complaints and even retaliated against some of the whistleblowers it was supposed to protect according to an inspector general's report released thursday you know it's funny like listening to you know snowden the report that actually gets released from the expectant journals and all that the ones that actually get declassified is nowhere near what the actual class classified report is yeah you know they make sure they doctor it up before it goes to journalists but anyway uh, from the article, the Virginia's Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection, created by presidential order in 2017, referred more than 2,500 complaints in its very first year to other VA offices that weren't always equipped to carry out investigations or protect whistleblowers' identities, the report found. Of those cases, at least 51 involved allegations of supervisors retaliating against whistleblowers. The office's first executive director, Peter O'Rourke, used his position to suppress claims and retaliate against employees who filed complaints, according to the report. The inspector general found that Mr. O'Rourke also had the appearance of bias in handling certain complaints due to his personal relationship with a supervisor, Peter Shelby, with whom he played golf and attended social functions. And it goes on and on. The article talks about how often... Uh, whistleblowers that were supposed to be protected by this office were actually uh, shamed and retaliated against. So once again, you have government that tries to provide, let's say, a legal uh, avenue for someone to blow the whistle on its wrongdoings. And unfortunately, the government's oversight on that. And so they're like, Oh, well, you can't tell us we're doing anything wrong because uh, you know, we're going to investigate ourselves. It's yeah. just it's it's so ridiculous. And people wonder why guys like Thomas Drake and Bill Binney and Edward Snowden and Julian Assange and all these people, even though Julian Assange is not an American citizen, people wonder why all these, um, you know, whistleblowers, let's say, are hesitant, number one, to give the information. And two, they try to go about it in a way where they won't like get killed or jailed for the rest of their life. Yeah. It's, it's, um, that's why I put this in here because it's a really ridiculous idea to think that if you're finding that the government is doing something willingly illegal, that your only proper channel is to go through the government. And I know that this is like a different agency and everything, but they're all part of the same group which is the government it's all intergovernmental problems that they're doing here and and so uh, it's a really ridiculous idea to think that your only proper channel is to go through the government i mean if you guys would just if you guys would just think through this with me on a on, you know one other example let's just say let's just say that uh Let's say that company in California that provides all the energy and, and was doing the water, PG&E. Now, they're famous from the Aaron Brockovich story. Imagine PG&E is doing something willingly uh, illegal uh, against, the, against the law, against whatever, maybe the Constitution, whatever it is, and you're an employee at PG&E. Now, would you want to make it a federal crime for you to go to anyone other than PG&E's CEO with the problem? And what do you think the outcome of that would be? That if you don't use the proper channels inside of PG&E to whistleblow on things that PG&E is doing wrong, you know, how ridiculous is it to think that you have to use that proper channel? And do you guys really think that if they use that proper channel that the truth would ever come out? Ever? No. No, it would not. No, because the CEO of PG&E would shut so, it down. So, in like, hurry. if you make this inside of a corporation, I think that can click in people's minds really easily. You use any company that you can. If you're an employee of the company and you find out they're doing something illegal, you have to go through the company's office of 
uh, make sure people aren't doing illegal stuff office and you have to go through them. You cannot go to a, you can't go to a newspaper. You can't go the, to any kind of publicist whatsoever. I mean, it's a ridiculous idea because th- the truth is never going to come out. And that's what Edward Snowden knew. He knew there was no way he was going to go to the people with this information, this blatant, blatant disregard for the Fourth Amendment of mm-hmm. the Constitution that they just knowingly and willingly were breaking. There was no way he was going to go through the proper channels and that this was ever going to come out yep. at all. So, well, so, And here's the crazy thing about all of that is that when all of this came out in 2013 with Edward Snowden, there were a few House members that knew what was going on because they were on the intelligence community and they had the security clearance for, for all the illegal activities that the government was doing. There was like one or two congressmen um, the, or people who were on the intelligence committee who kind of said uh, who objected to it, but they couldn't publicly object to it because it was classified. Yeah. And so if they publicly <clears throat> objected to it, then they would be the ones going to prison because they exposed classified information. But the funny thing is, is when all this came out, um, because they knew about it, they were also uh, implicate. Um, they were also uh, implicated in the fact that the government was breaking the law. And so the president and the executive office was trying to protect themselves and Congress was trying to protect themselves. So Congress passed an emergency bill in 2017 after, uh, I believe the end of 2015 was when all this came out. They passed a bill that retroactively retroactively made it legal for all the phone companies and everything that was happening after all this was revealed, they made, retroactively made everything they were doing legal. <laughs> like, so there you go again. It doesn't <clears throat> matter. These people in power. This is why we advocate for not giving these people power. Yeah. Because they will abuse it. And then when you catch them abusing it, they will just retroactively, retroactively make it legal for themselves. Well, and uh, speaking of abusing it, I, I don't have the story pulled up. I wasn't going to talk about it, but the the FBI they're opening an, an actual criminal investigation into the whole process that led to the FISA courts approving the taps on on Trump and and uh, spying on his campaign. Basically, they, I think that came out today or yesterday. There is now officially a criminal investigation over the I didn't the see spying that. that happened into the Trump campaign. So. The, the thing that drives me nuts on this is that you can hear these Republicans just yelling about how the system was abused and this was terrible and Obama was spying on Trump. And th- exactly. He used this system to do it. This system, this is too much power, the FISA court system, the secretive court where you can go get secret warrants to spy on people. Uh, that system is too much power, and people will abuse it, just like it was probably abused against President Trump, just like he might be abusing it against someone right now, for all we know. But look, it was all created by Bush and Cheney. I know, I know. <laughs> so, but then it was ramped up under Obama. Right. As the technology kept getting better, they just got better and better at, at, at doing all this stuff. Right. I mean, it's not like he slowed it down at all. And honestly, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for the rev, uh, revelations of... Guys like Thomas Drake, who, by the way, was a senior executive official at the NSA when he tried to blow the whistle. And, of course, they even tried to shut him up. Yeah. And they charged him under the Espionage Act. Uh, guys like Edward Snowden, things like this. But the American public wouldn't even we wouldn't even know yeah. that this was happening. And a lot of people out there still today don't even care. Yeah. They always say, well, <laughs> if you have nothing to hide, nothing to fear. Yep. It's like not caring about freedom of speech because you have nothing to say. Well, that's... that's it, it doesn't mean that it's not your constitutionally guaranteed rights and the fact that the government was breaking the law because newsflash the constitution is the law of the united states even for the government even for the government because the government is just made up of people it's actually only for the government yes (laughs) basically it is it is the law of the land and that's it's just no matter what you think this you know that whole mentality of well if you've got nothing to hide there's nothing to fear well Look at what they were able to do with President Trump. If you think this entire Russia thing was was a giant scam, a giant hoax, it was this system that allowed them to do this. And no law that you're going to pass, no regulation, no new agency, no watchdog group, nothing like that. You're not going to do anything to make sure that this system doesn't get abused again in the future. The whole thing has to be gotten rid of. I think you'll have to get rid of the Espionage Act also. Because yeah. that, I mean, the 
Now I watched the Snowden movie earlier or make in the it, week. So. Or make it specific to actually like selling state secrets to foreign enemies. <clears throat> yeah. Because yeah. that's 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 not what it does though. Yeah. It's not what it does at all. It's it's insane. It's it's a pretty th- you know they they pull this thing like a oh Snowden put people in danger, national security risk, all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's no there's no proof of any negative outcomes as far as anyone's safety is concerned. We would have we seen them. Yeah, <laughs> it's there, been six years. There haven't been any. So the, that whole thing, this, oh, national security, you put people at risk. No, that is what your corrupt and lying government told you. So you would hate the person who told you that they were a bunch of liars and corrupt people. And you're believing it. That's the problem. You're letting them get away with that by spouting off their their talking points to keep you under control. And I will admit I watched the Snowden movie earlier in the week, and I've been a little bit emotional about the Snowden thing. Good movie. I've never watched it, actually. Great movie, yeah. yeah. It's called Snowden. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know what to look up, it's called Snowden. You yeah. can look it up on Amazon, and you will have an option to watch it on IMDb for free with ads. And nice. there, there weren't even any ads, just so you know. Really? Yeah, there weren't any ads. Wow, somebody failed. Yeah, they they filed fire their ad department. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the the fact that there's a person that is hiding out in Russia who can't come home right now. Um, he's actually not even hiding anymore. He's not hiding. He's yeah. yeah he's yeah. They know where he is. And to me, uh, if I would be careful talking negatively about Putin if I were him, honestly. He does, they'll, though. They'll ship him home sometime. Well, because a lot of people say, well, you know. Or he's going to get sick all of a sudden, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, but a lot of people think like, oh, if, if your name is associated with Russia, then you're automatically a bad person. And what he's saying is like, he's like, I don't care where I see injustices. <clears throat> I'm going to call them out. He's like, you know, because he can't. It's this whole thing of not being able to live with yourself, you know? And that's the way I feel like I'm not able to live with myself. And like, if he could have taken the easy way, he even said in the Joe Rogan interview, he's like, you know, if I didn't want to get caught, I didn't have to, I could be sitting in Hawaii right now, making a boatload of money. Yeah. Not releasing any of these secrets and spying all on all of you guys. Yeah. I could be spying on everyone right now. I know. I chose not to because he consciously couldn't accept it. I know in the movie he's, they, He's his character said something like he didn't, you know, he could do it secretly and be able to get away, but he didn't want them expending a bunch of resources and time and and combing through his coworkers and and well, yeah, accusing he, them. yeah, and he announced yeah. himself to try to protect you know his loved ones as much as he could because he knew that they would eventually find him and yeah. he wanted to go ahead and announce and be like, okay, it was me, and I'm willing to give myself up. Not because I'm some sort of hero, but because I know what the government's capable of. Yeah. Um, So what I was saying is, I mean, how disgusting is it that he's stuck in Russia right now um, under, I mean, if he came back, he would be charged, not have a fair trial under the Espionage Act, probably at least life in prison. And what he did was... He let the American public know, actually he just let a journalist know, that the government was knowingly and willingly breaking the rules of the Constitution and spying on every single American. And that's his crime. That's his crime. That's it. And he can't come back home. That's how beautiful and amazing our government is. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. And and, then, and we're supposed to believe China are the bad people. Now they are. I'm not saying that they're not. Right. But good lord, look at what we're going to do to someone who exposed terrible things that the government's that the government was doing. We're no better than China yeah. or any other tyrannical government who won't allow you to expose their crimes. It doesn't make our democracy or republic or whatever you want to call it any better than a tyrannical communism that goes on around other places. It, we, we're no better when we treat. Uh, people like this who expose government crimes and the fact that government officials can't be held for the crimes that they committed. I mean, I've said before, James Clapper, who was the director of the NSA when all this was going down, he lied to Congress. And I found out in this Joe Rogan interview, by the way, that the congressman that was asking James Clapper that question, if, if the NSA was collecting millions or hundreds of millions, or, or if they were collecting records, yeah, data on uh, millions or hundreds of millions of Americans and Clapper said, no, the congressman that was asking him that question, he knew they were, he was on the intelligence committee. He knew what was going on. He was the one that was 
uh, objecting. He was one of the ones that was objecting to these programs. He knew the answer and he knew James Clapper was lying. And he asked him to clarify and, and Clapper's like, well, not wittingly, <laughs> you know. And then Clapper was asked about this later. This is all public record. He was asked about this later and he said, I tried to give the least untrue answer I could possibly think of, like <laughs> without giving away classified information. That's and, it's, <laughs> and it's like any if anyone else goes before Congress and lies to Congress, you go to prison. Yeah. Prison. And he was asked this question, lied to Congress. Not only did he not go to prison, he got to keep his job yeah. until he was replaced a couple years ago. And so his defense was that he tried to tell the least lie that he could tell. Yeah, the, like the <laughs> smallest still a lie. The, the smallest, smallest lie. He yeah. <laughs> still said, yeah, I, least... lied, I lied in front of Congress, but I tried to make it the smallest lie that I right, could. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's it. this is all public publicly documented. And if anybody doesn't think that's insane, like all the people out there that think, you know, Snowden, you know, endangered people or whatever, just think about the situation for 20 seconds. Just it doesn't even take that much time to understand the government's trying to protect themselves. And it's like I have a a lot of friends in the military and I, I absolutely love the military. I love what they do. I don't want anyone to get harmed. I trust me on that. I don't want my family to get harmed. I don't want my friends to get harmed. I don't want anybody that serves in the military to get harmed. But the thing about it is, is that when the government is committing a crime, then something has to be done to stop that. Yeah. You know what you should do? Like if your government's just killing a bunch of innocent people all the time, you know what you should do? Just make it classified. Right. Pro- problem solved. That's what they did. Yeah. Classified. Yeah. Sorry. Now look, if we're investigating terrorists, sure. You know? But the fact that we're collecting Americans, Americans data. And here's the problem. You guys, all you who say, oh, if you have nothing to hide, there's nothing to worry about. The problem is, is that, and this is what Snowden alluded to in the book called Permanent Record. They have a permanent record now of your entire life, basically. They're collecting where you're at because most of every, most everyone has a cell phone. And what you have to realize is like, whether your phone's on or not, it's pinging the cell tower. It knows they know where you sleep at night. They know where you travel to. They know every all this little meta, metadata, which collects times and dates, locations, everything. Every cell phone tower that your phone pings off of, every single thing is uniquely identified to you through how you pay for your phone bill, all of that. It's uniquely identified to you, and all this does is it gives your life a permanent record. And so what happens 20 years from now when we get somebody who has the power in this data? Do you don't think something that could be abused? Yeah. You really don't think that that could be abused? What if what if America does turn socialist or communist? We give the government all the power that China has and then they have all this they have a permanent record and if they want something bad to happen to you, well they can search through your last 20, 30 years of history and they'll find something. There's you know, something that almost everyone has done in their life that they don't want anybody else to know. You know how we get Republicans to be behind this this idea? I just, I got it. Epiphany. What is it? We leak out the fact that they're using this data to target gun owners. That way, you know, that way they know who's got the guns and where to go find them. Unless you know? Trump, unless Trump says that's not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, then unless Trump says that it's okay to do that and then they'll all be cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, look, when you purchase a gun with your credit card or whatever, they've got all that data and then probably your, your phone's in your pocket while you're purchasing no. that gun. So they know that you were at that store at that time when that purchase was made. Yeah. They can link that gun to you. And so now they know, oh, let's, we just need the purchase records of guns, which we can force the stores to give to us. We've got locations and time of sales for all of these guns. Let's just link it up to everyone that was at that location at that time. And actually, they don't even, they don't even need to get the purchase records from the stores. You want to know why? Because those purchase records are on the computers, yeah. which are routed through AT&T or Comcast or whatever, and the government scrapes all those servers. Yep, yep. They already have it. They already have every single bit of it. So when Beto O'Rourke comes for your guns, he knows where you got them. Yep. He knows you have them. The whole, if you've got nothing to hide, then, uh, you know, nothing to fear. It's the problem with that is that that same mentality 
is used on all political ideologies. Like people on the left can say the same thing about background checks and red flag laws and stuff like that. You know, they can they can just say, well, if you got, I mean, if you're doing nothing wrong, what's wrong with doing a background check? What's wrong with you having your gun registered if you're not doing anything wrong? You know, and then you get like the Republicans can be like, oh no, no, that's terrible. That's a, that's infringing against the Second Amendment. No way, doesn't matter. You know, get your nose out of my business. Yeah, yeah it's it's crazy but this can apply to anything and it's not you know it's not about terrorism anymore it's no. way way deeper than that they've gone way above and beyond abusing these powers well, and i'm not saying that the government can't have any secrets like when you're going after a terrorist cell that has a plot to kill americans yes there should be some secrecy involved so that we don't let the terrorists know that we're going to go after them but when it comes to collecting americans data if you're not specifically being investigated for a crime that you're suspected of committing, that violates your Fourth Amendment. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. Can you imagine if it came out that Facebook was secretly collecting every single bit of this exact same data? You know, which they are probably. Yeah, you they are. On the phone. Yeah, they are. But people don't like that. They'll be like, oh, I don't want Messenger on my phone. They're I mean, your microphone's listening to you, by yeah. the way. Studies have been done. Obviously, well, I, you know, I read the studies and it says that it's not listening to you, that, that it, um, it gives you those suggestions based on the other people that you're in the room with and things that they've searched on their phone. And that when you're around, say, people who have searched uh, whatever, chairs, and I've just been searching chairs all day, then when I'm in a room with you, when you get on your phone, it's going to suggest to you a place to get chairs. That's not true. <laughs> Okay. I, I did this experiment the other day. I, I did it. I did it I too. I didn't know I was doing this experiment. I spent all day talking about this one random subject that I never talk about. All day, Lacey and I decided we were going to talk about getting the payday loan. All day, we talked about it. And we've never gotten one single ad for any kind of payday loan. Pre- well, maybe place the payday that. loans don't have it. <laughs> Literally, I have never heard of this company in my entire life because I'm not a jewelry person. My girlfriend and I were talking about some jewelry the other night. We were having a phone conversation. And she was saying, like, one of her favorite designers, and I know it now, is David Yurnum. Yeah. Like, D-Y. D-Y Designs or whatever. I've never looked it up. Has she ever looked it up? She might have. Then that's it. But but she was in Franklin. She was 45 minutes away from me. Yeah, but they know that she's your girlfriend. But but we we literally... (laughs) But I'm telling you, I've never seen an ad for it ever in my whole life. We were talking about David Yurnum. Did and she bring I'm, up David Yernum? Yes. Do you think she might have just been looking it up? She might have been, but then I was <laughs> scroll. I literally was right after we got the phone. I was I, no, actually, we were still on the phone. Yeah. And I'm scrolling through Facebook, and and I'm listening to what she's saying, obviously. But yeah, I was I was <laughs> I was uh, scrolling through Facebook, and I just so happened, or maybe it was after the conversation. Doesn't matter. I'm sure it was. Yes, I was scrolling through Facebook. <laughs> And a David Yurnum ad popped up. Yeah, they, they, maybe they are. Maybe they are listening. I'm sure well, they are. Well, you know, on in this Edward Snowden interview, Joe Rogan brings it up, and you know, they've done this. St- no, no, he was talking to Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson. Yeah, or Neil yeah. deGrasse Tyson. Sorry, and uh, it, they were talking about it, and he was saying like they've done studies where they are listening, like Alexa, Siri. Yeah, they're listening yeah. to what you say. Yeah, you carry a camera and a microphone. I noticed. Uh, by the way, we're going to Politicon this uh, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow and starts, Sunday. So if you're tomorrow. in Nashville, come on by to the Good Morning Liberty booth. Say hello. We look handsome. <laughs> we're gonna be in suits for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah, we're gonna dress up and look fancy. Well, we wear suits every day, Charlie. What are you talking about? Right, I'm in a suit right now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I was noticing on their sign where it says you can't have any microphones or video cameras, <laughs> and I was like. I guess everyone's got to check yeah. their phone at the yeah, door. I guess so. Because you can record in 1080p, 60 frames a second yeah. on this phone. At 4K, actually. And the microphone's actually really, really, really good. It's a good microphone. You want to know, I have proof of how good iPhone microphones are. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. They're good enough to do like a low, a mid-level podcast on, just yeah. on the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. They're good enough to pick up a recording of your entire house, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have proof. 
of how good these things you really are. You do have are. some proof. And that was yeah. an iPhone 5. That was an iPhone 5. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's old. All right, man. Let's, the technology uh, is old. Let's, let's wrap this up. We're going to be at Politicon this weekend. If you guys are going to Politicon, come by and say hi to us. We'll be recording a podcast episode live at Politicon. Yes. So, I, you know, it's going to be a crazy environment because I think we're going to be well outnumbered. Uh, for sure. Uh, definitely already the people we were setting our table up next to are very liberal, for sure. So I gave them one of our free gun well, giveaway out, handouts. Out, look, outnumbered. We're not conservatives. No, no. So, but I think... Well, we're definitely outnumbered as far as but, ratio to libertarians. Well, you could say liberals... I, I would say we're outnumbered by people who advocate for more government. Yes. yes. Versus those who advocate for, for less. Yes. By Be- far. Yeah, because even conservatives now, they're fine with more government, oh, as yeah. long as it's their version of it. Yep, yep, yep. So, I think we're, we're the, I think the liberty is way outnumbered. And I took and that I'm test. excited about that. I took that. that test, by the way. My dot on that, uh, that scale, the axis for your political whatever, where it tells you, like, your left, right, and all that axis, uh-huh. I can't remember what it is. My dot was almost off of the chart. It was almost. It was over halfway <laughs> off of the chart. What chart are you talking about? For so, those that don't know, uh, it's. I can't remember the the uh, the name of the app. What was that app called? The, these people that run an app, uh, they are at a table right next to us, and they gave us a little card to sign up. Activote is the app, so you can go on there and take your little uh, your little political te- your political matrix test, and it'll tell you where you are on the political chart. And mine is uh, almost off of the chart as far as being, I guess, uh, no government is concerned. So that yeah. was good. That's yeah. good. I was, I was happy about that. You're a no government person. We're going to be arguing with them all weekend, I think, because we've already gotten into a gun control conversation while we were setting up our table <laughs> because we're giving away a free handgun. Yes. So if you do stop by, mm. by the way, yeah, we're giving away a free handgun. Not at the event, but you can sign up for it. Right. Yep. Right. And it's all in accordance with your state regulations. <laughs> and if you're not going to be there, we're still giving away a gun. So. Yeah, you can go to gmlconnect.com, and there's a button on there that says the uh, free handgun giveaway, and you can sign up. We're going to be announcing the winner of that probably sometime next week once we can get all these uh, emails together for everyone. Uh, so we'll be announcing someone next week for winning the gun, and we'll go through the proper legal channels for sending someone a gun, which has to go through an FFL. You will have to go to a gun store and be someone who can legally purchase a gun to be able to receive our free gun. There's no loopholes in this giveaway. No, we're not going to, unless, <laughs> if we can ship it to a gun show, then I guess anyone can go get right. it, right? <laughs> yeah. And that is gmlconnect.com, just like Good Morning Liberty, gmlconnect.com. On there, you'll also find our Facebook link, our Instagram link, yeah, our Twitter po- link, podcast, podcast yeah. anywhere you want to find. It's, it's great. If you want to go directly to our articles, you can go to goodmorninglibertyus or BernieLies.com. That's all the goodness of the articles where we're, we're just combating communism every single day. Oh, by the way, we made a free Snowden shirt that you should go to our, our uh, store and pick up one of those. Yes. They're pretty cheap. You can use the promo code podcast for 20% off for the shirt. It says free Snowden. So if you want to let people know how ridiculous it is that he's got to be stuck over there in Russia for the rest of his life, uh, get you a free Snowden shirt. That's uh, You can go to GML Connect and there will be a button that will take you to our merch store. Use the promo code podcast for 20% off. 20% off. You guys have to do that. Yeah. And if you guys do all that, then we will actually be back tomorrow live from Politicon. So uh, we look forward to talking to you guys then. We hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.